Hey, 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 welcome back, everybody, to the Rifles Only Accuracy Podcast, your podcast for all things rimfire and centerfire. I'm David Thomas with Rifles Only, Team Voodoo, uh, Zero Compromise, a few others, and as always, I've got uh, Jacob Bynum from Rifles Only. How's it going, Jacob? It's going good, man. It's going good. I'm having a, I'm having a good week. I've got a class of uh, police officers here this week, and um, we're all, everyone across the board is shooting MOA, so I'm getting my MOA back on, and uh, I, I forgot how much I enjoyed shooting MOA. Really, the whole everyone. Yep, the, a lot of them. Yep, oh, and it, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's just bigger numbers and stuff like that. Fortunately, they have MOA reticles, so that makes it easy. They don't have to do the mental gymnastics on that, but. You know, I'm out there and I'm looking at them and I'm saying, okay, you know, everything is exactly the same. You know, they're, they're same picking so. it up really well. So yeah, I'm, I mean, we're just having a blast. We're having a really, really good time. Super good guys. Um, you know, being out on the range, I know that the weather's going to start to get kind of less than desirable on, you know, late Thursday and Friday, but we're going to, we're going to finish strong on this. we got really great weather today. Wall to wall sunshine, light winds out of the Southeast and they're hitting everything they're aiming at. I'm happy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't have any problem. It's, it's all the same. It's an angle, but uh, it's just rare that you see a, a whole class full of MOA. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's strange. It's strange. Sometimes I'll have a class where, you know, it's all civilians and they're all suppressed, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very nice. Oh, those these are the best. Days. I like that. Oh, yeah. As I'm getting older, I don't like the big noise anymore. No. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, I know that there's one thing we cannot talk about and that's uh, remedies for COVID. Oh yeah. Yeah. You'll get uh, Neil Young might actually uh, not put his uh, music on our podcast anymore. Exactly. Yeah, right. I heard that Millie Vanilli was pulling all of their music too. Oh no. No. We're, we're, we're losing out here. So if, we are, we are, if you guys don't want to see Neil Young on our podcast, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> All right, man. Questions, questions came in. Uh, I got a lot of response from the stuff that you were talking about on the cleaning oh. on our last podcast. Ugh. So, uh, and, um, you know, it was, it was, it was, it, it was received exactly the way it should have been. You know, it's, it's worked out really good. And thank you for, thank you for spending the time doing that. Mm-hmm. But the thing has come up to about cleaning your optic. Mm-hmm. So you want me to take it or you want to take it? Oh, I guess I'll, <laughs> I'm going to get hammered for this. So after all that shit that I said last week about how I break my rifles down, I clean them and all that, my glass is always dirty. <laughs> like people look through it and they're like, dude, clean, clean your glass. <laughs> I don't know what my malfunction is on that. I clean everything else and I guess I'm going to have to start doing it or I'll be a big hypocrite. But, uh, I mean, I, I wipe it off from time to time, especially if it's, you know, got rained on or something like that. But I, I will fully admit that I am not the best at keeping my optic clean. Neither am I. <laughs> I probably should be. The, the thing about it is, is and, and we can we can talk to Buck about this as well, um, because he's, he knows about this a lot better than we do. But um, I've, I will see, it's like whenever we're out and we're shooting and we're in a class or, you know, we have a competition going on and we get a bunch of rain, you know, you're going to end up with those water spots that Mm -hmm. are on there. And so what I have always done right, wrong or indifferent, I don't know if it's right or wrong or whatever, but I've always used like a lens cleaning cloth Mm -hmm. and just like padded it to like absorb that. And then, you know, you're going to end up with, you know, water spots and, you know, dust that, you know, has turned into a little bit of mud, but I've always been a real big fan of that little cold lens pen. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
because it has a brush on one mm-hmm. side and then it's got like a optic cleaning pad like on the other. Yeah. yeah. And it, you just start in the middle, you know, with real circular motions, very light, you know, and you just go, you know, go through them on there. Um, and, and that's as far as the lens itself. Now, um, I do know, I, I remember a match up in central Texas years ago and it was definitely a mud match. And it was, I had my accuracy international with me and I was going to clean my gun because it was literally muddy. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't one spot on it that didn't have mud on it. And, um, so I, I had a rag in my hand and I looked at my rifle and I looked at my hand with the rag and I said, this is not going to work. And I went and got the water hose and I just, before, yeah. Yeah, I just water hosed the whole thing. I watered all that that out of it. You know, just dried the rifle off and the outside of the optic with, you know, with a with a, a towel. And then, you know, I just you know cleaned out the barrel, pushed a couple of patches through to make sure that there wasn't any mm-hmm. you know water that got in there. But I I opened the receiver and I douched it with water. Yeah, it was, when it gets uh, that dirty, I don't I, think you have a choice. No, there was no other choice. There was no other choice. And it, I mean, it's Accuracy International, so it's made for that crap. You know, it's made to be abused. And so that was kind of that was kind of that. I don't think I don't think I've ever had a rifle that muddy that that it was at that match, and I wasn't the only one to do it. You know, there was a lot of people that did it. Frank was there; he did the same thing. Yeah, I uh, you'll probably remember some guys that are listening might or may not. Uh, I don't know if they still send them with them, but remember they used to with the Schmitz. They used to send that little that lens kit, and mm-hmm. I uh, yep. I found a guy had them on the hide a couple years ago. I bought like six or seven of them, and they've got the little. Uh, I mean, I use it when I think about it. I keep a, one in my pack. But yeah, those, if you can get a hold of those, uh, I, I would imagine Leopold probably can hook you up with the same thing. Uh, we'll have to ask Buck. But yeah, they have that little they have that solution in yeah. there too, right? The yeah, spray, the little spray. spray yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Uh, uh, I'm not sure yep. if you can get them individually or what. I just happened to find them. Somebody had like five or six. I was like, yeah, I can always use those. But those little pouches that they, I don't know if they still sell. I haven't bought a brand new Schmidt in a long time. But those mm-hmm. those little kits are pretty awesome to keep, uh, you know, in your pack. Yeah, for sure. And that, um, you know, the other thing too is, you know, like dust and stuff like that, you know, it's surprising how well you can see through oh, your optic, yeah. even when it is dirty, you know, even when it is dirty. And I know that, that you know, whenever you, you, if you look at the uh, objective lens and you look at the reflection of a light, you know, you can tell how many colors or how many, uh-huh. how, how, how many coatings that it has on it because all the coatings show up as a different color. But you know, that, that's the big thing is you don't want to get in there and say, okay, well, Man, this thing's got a lot of mud on it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go and grab like you know one of those uh, steel wool and try oh, to no. clean it off, you know, because you'll you'll scratch your lens and all of that kind of stuff. That goes without saying. But the the other part of it too is you know they're pretty robust, you they know, are. especially your modern scopes. You know, they could they can take a lot of that and a little light gentle cleaning. I don't think you're gonna hurt anything with that. Um, but then again, you know, your the manufacturers, scope manufacturers are gonna recommend a lot of stuff. You know, that maybe they have a different idea on it, but. It seems like those little kits. I remember the Schmidt and Bender kits. I'm like you. I haven't bought a new Schmidt in a long time, but I do remember those kits. And then uh, Leopold had that mm-hmm. lens pin. And I'm sure that there's other there's other, other manufacturers that have, you know, some sort of you know methodology for cleaning their scopes. Uh, but uh, like I say, it's just surprising. I pulled out. I have a, a Leopold Mark 416 that's been sitting on a shelf, and I looked at it. I said, "Man, those lenses are dusty." But then whenever I looked through the glass itself, uh, you know, it, it really didn't degrade. Yeah, it really didn't degrade the image that much. So I, I think it has to be pretty bad before you need to start worrying, it, especially if you're going to take a chance on, on damaging those coatings. Yeah, I would. Uh, if anything, I, uh, just to put a disclaimer, I would use uh, recommended stuff, like you said, or uh, 
you know, obviously I would, I'm going to go out on a limb here. You know, if it's made for cleaning lenses, you know, cause lenses are lenses, right? If make sure you're using some sort of lens, lens cleaning, approved cloth, stuff like that. Don't, don't go use your shirt. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I haven't used my shirt in the middle of a match to wipe it down. I have, but yeah, you I know. have, I've used, you know, I've used my Shemag. I've yep. used, you know, all kinds of stuff just to get the, the rain off of it or, you yeah. know, something. Just, a lot of times what'll happen too is, you know, you're down here, especially in, in South Texas in the springtime, you know, it's, it's cold. So your rifles are sitting in the air conditioning. Oh, that's and then whenever you bring them outside, you know, they'll fog over. And it's real tempting, you know, to reach in there with your T-shirt and say, nah, I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm just going to wait, you know, give it another, you know, two or three minutes. And that fog, that I guess it's it's moisture condensation. Yeah. Condensation, condensation is going to go off of yeah. it. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I've had it. I've had it so bad, you know, you're, cause it's hot here. You're, you're in the air condition. I'll ride up there to your place or something and get out of the truck and, and sit the rifle down on the bipod on the ground and come back. And it, it's actually covered in water from conversation. The whole, the whole rifle was just, you know, yeah, the whole rifle, not only the lens, yeah. but the rifles as well. Yeah, it's just cool. so hot here. The other question came up on, on heavy clothing, mm-hmm. um, shooting with heavy clothing. Let me, let me pull that one up while we're here on the phone together. Um, and let, that way we can we'll make sure we get it right. <laughs> And I know I have it in the rope. And there is rope. Ah, here we go. Uh, gotten back to training for some winter matches and is struggling with getting the rifle into the pocket consistently with all the extra layers shooting in sub-zero temps bring. Any input would be awesome. Uh, thanks for the podcast. Um, yeah, so we're not talking about just like south texas cold no. it looks like we're talking about real cold like yeah. sub-zero cold and so i talked to the i talked to the the people up there in, in minnesota you know um troy tyson mm-hmm. and you know the ruth and and molly and everybody that's up there you know michelle and you know they man they're tough people man they'll go out and they'll actually shoot when it's minus 10 and I, it's like holy smokes what do you have to wear to stay warm in minus 10 i'm not sure because i'm not going to be there <laughs> I mean, unless yeah, I have I to for that. work, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Well, you know, I know uh-huh. that you and I had spoken about it offline a little bit, and uh-huh. both of us have done the same thing when we're in a heavy coat. Well, if it's a heavy exterior coat, you know, we're able to kind of pull that pull that extra outside layer off to where we can get the butt stuck inside the coat. Uh-huh. Um, however, I'm not certain that that's really possible in the type of temperature that they're talking be. about. Because no, because they're talking about that temperature, and if you got any wind at all. You know, you're not going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to keep your heavy clothing on. You know, I, I wouldn't really know how to answer that. You know, it's, um, it, I just don't have the experience shooting in, in that type of cold weather. I've conducted courses in that type of cold weather, but I've never, you know, actually, you know, brought the rifle up myself. The only thing I've done is I pulled the, I pulled the jacket open a little bit yeah, where it can I get have. into my, my mid layer and base layer and just a heavy outside layer. I've done that. But again, we're talking about, you know, in the, in the teens and twenties, not, not sub zero like this. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe go ice fishing instead of shooting. Yeah, that day. I don't uh, know. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a tough one. Um, I guess it, I mean, and uh, again, uh, the same, I, I don't, I don't, at least not a bolt rifle. I've never shot in that kind of, um, temperature there. I mean, other things, but I mean, you know, M4 or something's a little bit different. Um, yeah. M4, M4 yeah, with the red dot. Is, you cares, don't really yeah. have to worry about yeah, that. You just pick yeah. it up and pull it. But, uh, yeah. the only thing I can say, if it's, if it's a hunting setting where you, you may, you know, you're walking around, you may have to throw it up, then I'm guessing you're probably, if you've got really thick clothing on, I'm guessing you're going to have to adjust probably your length to pull your, you're going to have to set up that rifle specifically for that, for that yeah. setup you got. If you're shooting a match, 
depending on how, you know, if you've got some base layers on that aren't that thick, if you can open the jacket up like we talked about for 90 seconds, um, if not, but if, if yeah. the layers have to stay on and they're that big, I mean, you, you pretty much have to you either have to have a different rifle or you have to set up that rifle differently would be my suggestion. Um, yeah. Well, on this one, you know, I would really, I would really put it back. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the person that's sending it in this in this question that a lot of respect for these people mm-hmm. up there. And, um, what I would say is, you know, if anybody's listening to this and they've done that and they have tips and tricks, yep. send it to the rifles only accuracy podcast email. That's R O A P at rifles com. If y'all have an answer, send it out and we'll certainly get it on there to where people can talk about it and, and yeah, uh, figure I'm out interested to hear now. that. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. I, I don't plan on ever being in that weather if I can avoid it, but if you know, you just never know. I remember, I remember at the brawl last year, we Oof. got down into the teens, you know, so it was, it was, uh, it was crazy. Oh no, I was I was pretty happy when you said you needed me to RO instead of shoot. That was that was. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the shooters would have been doing better with a little bit of movement. You know, keep the warmth up. Uh, that second day was a little rough <laughs> for the shooters. Yeah. yeah, I know the train up was the train up yeah. was awful. Oh so man, was, oof that that, yeah. that. But we had we had people come in from up north, and even they said, "No, nah, this is cold." But we're wet cold, you know, so it's kind of nasty. Yeah, I, that was, uh, I, I've been here, t- I, you've been here much longer than I have. I've been in 10 years and I've never seen that before. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, listen, uh, I have, I have uh, another request for the people that are listening out there. Mm-hmm. As you know, we're, um, we're coming up, we're coming up to, um, we're coming up to brawl time. And so I wanted to, one, uh, you know, thank the, the sponsors of this, uh, the ones that we have. Our proof XLR manners BNT Accuracy International North America as well as Mile High Impact Data Books Loophole JC Steel DST Precision Defiance Machine all of those guys if you need to um, have any of your products they're going to be sponsoring the brawl so that means they sponsor other events as well and so by them doing that if we ever need some of their stuff we need to make sure that that uh, we 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 treat these companies a little bit of love and so. Um, Additionally, I know that some of these are repeated, uh, but Bartland, Magpul, Fix-It-6, Proof Research, Defiance already said that, Manners, Primary Arms, and Vortex. Of those, let me say those again. Bartland Barrels, Magpul, Fix-It-6, Proof Research, Defiance Machine, Manners, Primary Arms, and Vortex. Uh, All of these, what we did is we reached out to them and said, hey, we appreciate the sponsorship of the brawl. And if you wanted to come onto the podcast to talk about your product, you know, just a little quick thing about your product, let us know. But what I'm going to tell everybody who's listening of those companies that I mentioned, if y'all have any questions for them, you know, straight from the manufacturers, if y'all have any questions for them, send them to the email. That way we can get it on the podcast whenever we have these people as guests. And as it looks like we're going to try to, we're going to try to get as many of these as we can uh, before or during the brawl, but we're going to continue on after the brawl as well. So if you listen to this podcast late and you're late to it, still send that in send that in because it, you know i don't I'm not sure that's a lot of people on the podcast and we're getting more and more that want to come on and so just if you're out there keep in mind roap at riflesonly.com send in the question all right and and one more time what are the ones that we we have committed that want to come on one more time okay bartland barrels mm-hmm. magpul mm-hmm. fix it stick proof research defiance machine manners primary arms and vortex Right. And of course, the the invitation is to any of any of the companies that are doing that or, or that are sponsoring the brawl. Even if you're not sponsoring the brawl and you want to come in and talk about your product a little bit, that's what we're here for. So, uh, but I know that those have all committed to being on the podcast here. You know, within the next within the next three weeks, and so I think you know you and I might have to get together oh, and yeah. just spend an afternoon, you know, talking to all these people. 
But um, I just wanted to get that out there so that if somebody has any questions, and again, it, it was really nice to have Troy Tyson on, you know, from oh, DSP yeah, Precision awesome. here recently. And so, we, you know, we could get some information about the stuff that he has out there. Those things are available on his website or at rifleslonely.com. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the DFAT training aid. So mm. if, if y'all want to do something like that, let's get it done. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. If you guys have any, I mean, any, any questions, even if it's not necessarily those manufacturers, if you have a question f- that, that maybe you're not sure about a manufacturer, we can reach out, we can get, we can have fine answers for you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's just like, you know, we, I know that we, we promised to get Buck back on mm-hmm. about, that was a, that was a pretty popular podcast with all the questions that he answered just that we had. And that was, that was before we had the email up, wasn't it? No, no, we had it up. Uh, yeah. We either had it up or you, you, you know, they were sending them to your email, one or the other, but, uh, but yeah, that was one yeah. of our first ones. That was, that was a really early podcast when we were still kind of, you know, getting our feet wet and figuring this thing out. I still haven't got it figured out. Um, I just, just, what a, I just talk. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Well, do we have anything else for this one? Oh, uh, no. Uh, actually, uh, this is going to be, we, we didn't even talk about this beforehand, but you brought up Troy. So maybe uh, take a second here. Um, it came up online. It's not the other topic we we're talking about, but it was coming up online. Somebody was looking for in a certain area. They said, hey, I, I'm looking for a range in my area that has at least three or 400 yards so I can practice. And uh, whether they could find it or not, I'm of the opinion, and you can you could chime in with yours for. And he was talking about for you know PRS or or whatever we're you know type of matches we're doing now, heavy rifles, heavy bags usually. And I had recommended because most of my training that I do or practice is either the DFAT uh, Troy's deal or I I shoot a hundred yards at one inch stickies, and mm-hmm. that's almost all I do. I mean, I'll take it out further and shoot you know to change things up, but I put myself on the timer on a hundred yards off of barricades or tank traps or ropes or whatever the case may be. And I guess, you know, close to one MOA and I put myself on the clock. What are your thoughts either if you have full access to training or to say you have access to a thousand yard range or, or you don't, would you suggest something different for either one or the same? The same. I would, I would definitely do the same. And this, this topic even came up in class today Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, a lot of those guys, they don't have, they, they'll go, they have a range available, but it's completely slick. Uh-huh. You know, there's no, there's no props or anything to shoot off of. And I said, well, you know, here you could do the same thing, kind of take that from the NRL 22 stuff. Uh-huh. You know, if you have a step ladder yep. and a two by six, that's five feet long, you know, you can make your own barricade, you know, that you can shoot off of B fat or like you're doing it at a hundred yards. Um, but you know, let's not forget, you know, Allison Zane, you know, she was dry firing her ass off, uh-huh. you know, and she was, I mean, that was working really good. And she's not the only one, you know, there's, no. there's a lot of people out there too, that, you know, their, their dry fire is their training. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you cannot, I mean, I think you're absolutely right now. If you got, if you have access to it, you know, of course you're going to want to make some noise every now and then, but you know, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to hurt you at all. I know that uh, David Tubb, you know, he even said that whenever he was all of his training it was all dry. You know, mm-hmm. the only time he fired live rounds was whenever he was zeroing a gun or at a competition. And it seemed to work out pretty well for him. If he does you don't okay. mind me saying. Yeah, no, he yeah. does. He does. Pre- so, so I guess let's say, uh, if, uh, if you had a uh, shooter, a who has a hundred yard range, a uh, dry fire inside and you had shooter B that had access to rifles only, you don't see, I mean, uh, for the most part, you, if they both have a good training regiment, do you see the guy with rifles only having that big of an advantage? Uh, no, reference okay. Allison Zane. 
Yeah, exactly. That that's that's kind of what I was getting at, and making sure uh, I wanted to get your opinion. I'm of that opinion. I do. I have access uh, to to some stuff down here where I can go shoot out to to a thousand, and I just I don't because I don't. It's 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 not really needed for what I'm doing. Yeah, and you know, it's all going to go back to you know fundamentals is what you know is what's going to make you a better shooter, and you know, it's kind of like one of those things you can't. I mean, you know, it's been said for every live round, sixty and sixty to a hundred dry presses. Oh, there you have it, guys. Um, if you if you have a different opinion or have some more questions on that type of training, send it over to us. I, I think a lot of people will be surprised what you can, you know, th- what you can, how good you can get without having access to to extreme, you know, longer than a hundred or two hundred yards. Yeah, it makes a, it makes a big difference if you put in that time dry firing. And it's like I always said, you know, you can get you can not dry fire and you can get pretty good, but if you want to be great, you got to put in the time doing your clicks. Yeah. So that's pretty much all I got. I know this, uh, some of our segments, I think we were talking about for this new year, we're going to be a little bit shorter on some of them. Um, uh, yeah, I have to, cause I got, I got a class going and plus after work, I'm, I'm trying to get everything ready for the brawl, which is coming up, you know, on the 18th and 19th. So just remind anybody that if they want to come shoot it, we still have spots available and we'd love to see you. Yeah. And like I said, my offer's still there. If, uh, I'm, I'll be walking around. I'm, uh, I'm be hanging out, having fun, shooting a match. So if you need to need any help or want to hang out, come by. Perfect. Perfect. David, thank you for taking the time today. I know I put you on a, on a tight schedule and with me having the class going this week, my schedule's a little bit tight too. So thanks for taking the time to set this up and, and get these things done. Oh, no problem. And we'll, uh, we'll knock all these, uh, interviews out, but guys get your questions in ROAP at riflesonly.com. Perfect. Send in the questions or comments or anything that you have, and we'll, we'll make sure it gets to the right person. 